Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. This is the OKest Hunter Podcast. Never pass on shooter bucks, if that's just meat in the freezer. It's your tag, you hunt how you want. This is OKest Hunter. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the OKS Hunter Podcast. Coming at you from Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. Brought to you by none other than Spartan Forge, our presenting sponsor, our good friends out to East. The caller from last week said he discovered an additional 10 acres of land he didn't know he had because of the Spartan Forge app. It's pretty stinking special. That's Stephen Lee. Not to be confused with Stephanie. Okay. Greg, I know you really messed it up last week. <laughs> yeah, you did a real <laughs> fine job. Uh, no, so SpartanForge.ai is the website. You can use code OHP for 25% off your annual membership. I know only a few folks that rep the brand, and there's a lot of them out there. Um, provide the 25%, a lot of them are 20 and then it depends on who you're talking to, uh, you get extra. But we are giving away an annual membership with Spartan Forge at Foam Fest coming up in a whopping two weeks on August 27th. Two weeks. So, I hope I have a bow by then. Yeah, I hope so too. That'd be a shame. Maybe you can win one of these ones we're giving away here. You know, it's not going to help you much, but no, it's really not going to help yeah, you much. We lose arrows everywhere. <laughs> uh, and and before I get into our other partnership announcements, well, fuck it, I'll just I'll do those and then I'll go back. Sorry, I'm gonna, I'm all over the place today. Yeah, you are. So anyway, Vector Custom Shop. Uh, mine are going to be here this week. By the looks of my shipping status, I'm pretty sure. Can I actually? Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah. I want to practice really bad with them, and I'm going to be putting up the saddle in the backyard, and I'm going to be filling an arrow from the tree stand. That'll be good. Well, tree stand, tree platform, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Saddle platform. Um, I don't know. Most people should know about Vector Custom Shop that listen to our show. If you're new to the show and you don't know who they are, they are um, micro diameter, thick-walled arrows. They have two different lines, right? HMR and the the ZMR. HMR and the ZMR. ZMR is a little bit lighter weight. Yep. And Isaac has been a guest on the show. If you just go back a few, I don't know, like a month or two ago, you can listen to a pretty good episode we did with him. Uh, and Brian with Beast Mode Archery, they were talking about the, all the stuff they have going on. Should probably do another refresher with you because stuff changes pretty fast over there. Yeah, it does. But in a good way. They're just uh, constantly evolving. And then Latitude Outdoors, speaking of saddles, that's the saddle that uh, Greg and I are hunting out of, and Derek will be hunting out of one of those this season too, I believe. It's just one of the tools in our arsenal. It's the only one in mine. I'm not hunting out of a tree stand at all. I know you go back and forth. Yeah, I go back and forth. I probably put more sits in in the saddle last year than I did the stand. Mm-hmm. But um, there's a few trees out there where it's going to take an awful lot of trimming to make it huntable with a saddle. So tree stand gets a nod. Mm-hmm. What did you think about like hip hinge and all that jazz with the two piece? No issue two? whatsoever. I was very comfortable in it. Yeah. 
Yeah, same. A lot of a lot of options for like adjustability, which I think is nice with yeah. the two piece. Um, good product, nice and quiet. All the lineman stuff comes with it as a kit. Uh, it was a pretty great setup, honestly. Yeah, and honestly, if you're you're uh, you're looking to try one out, there's a lot of different events, and not to take anything away from Latitude, but mm-hmm. tethered tethered is a company that's always running around roadshow style and doing like a demo on how to how to hunt out of one or you can actually go try the gear out so yep. they're actually going to be in our area here this weekend i do believe on saturday oh yeah well yeah they're gonna be at the half wreck event on the 20th i don't believe so because i know i'm going to that on saturday yeah that's it like runs down the same south. time and i think it's gonna be over by verona oh that's not near there then and then no. uh we're gonna br- i'm gonna bring mine to foam fest greg if you're able to bring yours that'd be awesome yeah i'm Just gonna so bring one try it out. and i'm gonna bring that xop platform that i have mm-hmm. and maybe i'll bring my uh my franken sticks that i built <laughs> nice nice well anyway yeah 20 percent off on uh all accessories over there use code ohp go wild good friends of ours they're gonna be at an event with half rack this weekend too um we're bringing them a very special delivery and they're bringing us a very special delivery so uh they're bringing us a bunch of go wild swag to give away at foam fest as nice. well as uh a vortex optics site i think it's like a 500 hundred dollar site i mean rangefinder rangefinder yeah i keep saying site because it you know, helps me see but uh <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so good good pals of us over there um our podcast is accessible on their platform as like uh, you can post that you listen to it it'll automatically upload everything it's pretty neat how that works positive community which we've talked about they, they promote grip and grins and all good and you know outdoor content unlike what we talked about last week we're getting our, our freaking wrist slapped pretty hard by facebook right now which is very frustrating it's still going on um and drop time spirits i'm drinking driftless glen tonight i'm giving that a shot it's wisconsin based out of the driftless region it is really strong this is does it tell me it's out of baraboo wisconsin 48 percent. You know yeah i've been to baraboo they have a like, little circus town over there um, 48% is that what that says? 48% alcohol by volume. Yeah, I don't know if that turns out to be in 96 proof. proof is it's, what they're showing. It's got a bite to it. That's for sure. Nice. I just messaged our friends over at drop time to see if we can restock. We're running low. We, we've been giving bottles away as gifts for some folks. We've been drinking it. So we went burned through a whole case pretty quick here. This last go around. It's very tasty. We, we shared it at the trade show. We brought it to uh, an event, uh, with Spartan Forge for their vet hunt last november so i left it at johnny johnny's cabin <laughs> in pennsylvania there i think he's got a bottle of it um yeah and so real quick before we bring in our guest for the day i wanted to talk about foam fest for just two seconds we did finally secure our location so originally thank god <laughs> originally we we're gonna Where's do your it, applause on here I don't have, uh, do i have one of those you know i don't think Probably i do not. uh i do have this though i think okay as hunter yeah. yeah we got that uh so it was gonna be at hubbleton brewery and they're just growing so fast that the town is kind of like, hey, you need to formalize some things. You can't just have events willy nilly because you're you know, disrupting some probably old curmudgeon neighbor. Um, so they're in some cahoots with that. And as a result, we weren't able to have our event because it would have rocked the boat a bit too much. So then we went on the you know, hunt for finding another venue that we could use, reach out to other breweries, reach out to archery ranges. Um, talked with friends, talked with other people that have done this kind of stuff. And we landed at Horicon Bowman, Horicon Marsh Bowman yep. um, club. And it's in Horicon, Horicon Marsh. It's about 30 minutes from where I'm at, uh, where our podcast studio is just North of 94 here. Uh, straight shot. It's a really beautiful 
spot. There's basically no cell reception. You're not going to have any internet there if you come and join us, but it's 20 bucks to register. You can register on the website, you go to events, and then you, you'll go to an event page to, to sign up. Um, kids are welcome. Family is welcome. There'll be food. There'll be donuts and coffee in the morning, brats in the afternoon. I think Greg's going to make some uh, venison sloppy joes for the evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, there'll be you know archery, obviously the 3D course. And then we're going to do some giveaways too. We have quite a bit to give away. So we're going to concoct some fun ways to enter into the drawing. And then we're going to do a 50-50 raffle to donate half of that money uh, to conservation. So pretty neat, I think. This is a shotgun style event based on the fact that we almost lost our location. So the planning efforts kind of got like really scrambled. I think <laughs> if this goes remotely is an understatement, but <laughs> if it regard, go- regardless, you, uh, you kept the faith. You didn't stress out. I've, I, I'd have been shitting bricks. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, worst case scenario, I could have just canceled it, but I want to use this as a, as a test run, so to speak. So be gracious with us. You know, we're not event planners and I've not done this before. So if this one goes remotely well, the next year we're going to do it much bigger and better. And uh, we're going to really kind of focus on being family centric, things like bouncy house, face painting, youth shoots, more money for conservation, more bigger, better prizes um, and and better planning. Just getting our feet wet. It's all good. So we'll see how it goes for the first one. And uh, yeah, I probably can stop talking about that, but. If you haven't registered and you want to, and you want to come hang out with us, you don't even need to shoot. Greg might not have his bow. I know a buddy that may not bring his bow. Some people just want to come and hang out, and that's totally fine too. But um, the registration is going to cover your food and if your you drink. Can't shoot any targets. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. All right. I think I got it right. Yeah. So who are we talking to tonight? Our friend Evan Masters. We are Evan. What's going on? Hey, not much. How are you guys doing? Oh, Good. Buddy. Hanging in there. Hanging in there like a hair on a biscuit. There you go. That's a new one for me. Let's see if I can remember it for the future. <laughs> oh, he's got some wackadoo. Well, I talk to enough people, so I, uh, I I hear all sorts of fun stuff. Yeah, Evan, where are you out of today? Where are you calling from? I'm in South Central Minnesota. So now, so, uh, Mankato area, if you know where that's okay. about an hour and a half south of Minneapolis. Nice. So good old Minnesota. You're not uh, too foreign to like you know us Wisconsin folk with our terrible winners your spotted cow and all the things that come from wisconsin that's all i ever hear is how great wisconsin is from everyone from wisconsin so <laughs> i mean it's okay okay Packers, i'm not i'm not uh too against it big vikings fan so sorry guys sorry hey, sorry for you some of the best yeah. french spawned over a common enemy so as long as you hate the bears we're okay yep the bears <laughs> yeah, not the fans bear. Um, well, dude, thanks for, for jumping on the show. So we, I think you'd followed us, uh, for some time, but then we got to meet, uh, at, at Spartan Forge's veteran hunt that I don't, I don't even know how I ended up there, how you ended up there, but you were like one of the nicest people there. Not to say anyone else there wasn't, but like you came out with John, you're like, Hey man, what's going on? And, and you greeted me and it was awesome. And, uh, you know, we have like some of the same content of it snowing that same weekend and like we we're in the same woods at the same time. So we kind of hunted together and we got to hang out at deer camp together. I don't remember if you did the whole mustache thing when you were there, I, like everyone else. I had like a a day <laughs> old mustache, so I was a little bit behind the, the power curve there, but it yeah. worked a little bit. I, I, I did have one encounter, so maybe that if I would have had a bigger mustache, maybe I would have shot a buck in PA, but. Could have worked. I know Lee Ellis can't grow any face hair at all, so he just drew one on his face, right, with a marker. He did, yeah. Baby face Lee. 
<laughs> but they raised some money too from from that that hunt and uh i think that at that point they were doing it for the boot campaign um i think bill has since switched gears for which campaigns they're going to give to just based on you know kind of that interactivity and two-way street but it was a lot of fun going out there it was a 10-hour drive one way and then i turned around the next day basically and came right back home and you're a pilot by trade so like you get around to different places. I was thinking you might have been able to make it here uh, in studio, but that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was luckily able to uh, jump on a flight over to Pittsburgh, and then I met up with one of one of the guys helping out with Spartan Forge, and we drove up. It was a couple-hour drive up there to the Allegheny, and so it definitely was a nice perk to have some flight benefits. Yeah, it's awesome. I've only, I, I've only flown first class once, and it was not because I paid for it, and I was... A really awesome experience to be quite honest i was like wow i really yeah. need to take my drink and i didn't pay for the movie i was like wow this is this is pretty nice a hot towel for the ohp crew sir that's right of course <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah usually we only get hot carl so really here we go uh well i am drink, drinking this driftless glen which is like pretty potent so give me you know another 10 minutes here and we'll get real weird i'm sure um yeah so dude I, I thought it'd be fun to chat with you because you've been a listener or pals. You engage with our social stuff. and uh, You've hunted with a lot of cool people. Yeah, you have. So that's yeah. Go ahead, Greg. You... Yeah, I mean, I mean, you've met, you met some pretty cool people. I mean, obviously, Instagram is a, a great place to meet people. Some would say it's not so great, but I don't know. My experience has been good, and it seems like your, your experience has been pretty good, too. You, you've got to hang out with Johnny. You've been probably friends with with uh, shane simpson for a little while it looks like you've gone hunting with him um who else am i missing yeah i think the, those are kind of the main two of, of i'd say guys that are are kind of popping up all over podcasts and and such and shane and so yeah i've been talking to rendell a lot actually i haven't i haven't gone scouting with him yet but i'm looking forward to that, that he is a very much a wealth of knowledge has been very helpful for me. So, um, yeah, Shane, I, I always knew Shane was Minnesota guy. So it's been fun to, I learned, a, I've been learning a lot from him and continue to learn Turkey, especially the Turkey was, but just, this, just being a woodsman. And then Johnny was a whole nother, that was a, just a whole nother level. I just was constantly just looking around the woods. What is this guy is just a, like a computer out there is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, uh, really, has some great woodsmanship and he knows how to read the woods and kind of unravel what's going on mm -hmm, for sure yeah johnny he he's uh the explanation he gave when he was on the show last year year before whenever it was um he talked about like being a, a lawyer putting like a crime scene together and like building a case he's like i'm trying to build a case against this thing you know and murder it <laughs> i was like holy <laughs> shit and and he's not wrong. I mean, that's definitely one way to look at it. And he he knows the stuff. But yeah, you know, he's so nice. He put us on a, a spot. I mean, I didn't have to do any homework at all. I, I I didn't know what I was doing. He just was like, "Hey, here you go. Go on this spot." Um, but how do you how how have you uh, kind of made some of those inroads with some of these folks that are they might be intimidating to some or perceivably hard to reach or access? And and yet here you are picking their brain and learning from them. I had to say in two in the next two years or so. If you're not putting down giants, we're gonna have to uh, consider how you're hunting. If you're not picking anything up from these folks, 
Yeah, Instagram deleted off the map, no longer a person because I can't shoot a big buck. But <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. I I've always been a talker, so if you ask any of my buddies, um, I try to be pretty self aware and not. If I can tell you're not really into the conversation, not to be that guy that's like hanging on your door as you're driving away. But I love I love to talk and especially about anything really. But when it got into hunting, I've been messaging Shane a little bit. And I don't know if it's just the way people approach, you know, I'm sure you guys have seen it, but just as maybe somebody gets bigger, they're on a podcast, everyone starts getting messages from everybody. And I think a lot of guys maybe just want like a, like a, you know, a quick fix or some tips or, Hey, send me your pins or go here. And I just think that my approach is more, Hey, I'm, I'm truly interested in what you said in this podcast or your YouTube video or whatever it is. And I just kind of pose that question. Hey, would you be, you know, how'd you do this? Or with Shane, I'd just been meshing him a little bit. Hey, I'm only a couple hours from me. If you want to meet up sometime, that'd be awesome. And, and then it ended up working out. He films a lot in the spring. And I think my turkey experience, for sure, my turkey experience and knowledge just, it just shot up from just half a day with him in the woods. Yeah. And, when you, you, you can learn a lot from a guy that's, you know, a level or two up on you. And, and if you can, be a sponge and soak it all in that is really helpful yeah i 100 agree that's awesome i think yeah i mean we've talked to shane simpson i think we talked to him about dog tracking yeah you had him trails. on for for tracking and that was a while back but he's he's a sharp cat and he knows his stuff and he's made his rounds with people too like he's i think he's been with the hunting public guys and Yep, and I mean, Garrett Prawl. He's really well-respected and revered. I was like, I remember asking some forum, you know, hey, who can I talk to or who should I be talking to for, you know, tracking dogs and, and scent tracking deer? And, it, like, he was the number one person. There was like, you got to talk to Shane, you got to talk to Shane, you got to talk to Shane. And so we did, and it worked out, and he, he shared a lot of good knowledge. It's really and cool. I think to... it's just – oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 you go ahead. I was going to say, it's just there's certain people, too, that I think are just so willing to help. And I understand if you get a bunch of messages that – it can be overwhelming, especially if you get to be a pretty large platform or a person that's pretty popular. But Shane, I mean, Andy May, we, we've all know about him killing big bucks. He, he's messaged me back with a lot of great information. Rendell, 100%. Uh, Johnny, a lot of these guys, I mean, they're just very much willing to help if they if they have the chance to and they have the time. And that's very I, – I really appreciate that as a newer guy into this style of hunting and everything. So, Yeah, and Greg's – one of those guys that I think is super helpful too, you know, like I, that's how he, we, him and I got connected. It was just, he's like, Hey, do you want to come shoot, shoot bow sometime? Do you want to come to this archery range and you know, whatever. And he just that, that openness and willingness to be kind and helpful. You know, we, we beat the drum that there's a lot of negativity and like, we got to end buck shaming and, and that's a thing, but that is like 1%. 99% is positive and good and people are awesome by and large. So it's a lot easier to be nice and kind and helpful than it is to be a, an absolute prick. I think it takes so much more energy. It is. It's a big waste of energy to be a complete jerk. You know, be an asshole and belittle somebody. It took you how many minutes to figure out that comment that you're now going to put on whatever platform, social media platform to cut somebody down. It takes that much more effort. It's just mm -hmm. easier to be nice. Give them a thumbs up, give them a smiley face emoji, whatever it is, be positive. It's mm -hmm. not that freaking hard. 
Yeah, and most most people are, and then, but then you get your bad eggs. But to that to that point, like you're reaching out to folks, and they're they're very open to to helping you along. I think that's fantastic. And part of the the topic that I think we're trying to circle around here is this aggressive style of hunting, and and that 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 term aggressive means a few things. I don't mean like oh I'm gonna get mad and kill a white tail like maybe. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like when I say, oh, that's an intimate setting. It's not because, you know, we're in here French kissing. It's just cozy and intimate. And like, it's a small group. I just, people use words certain ways. I just want to clear the air on like aggressive means like you're, you're going to find the deer rather than passively waiting for a deer to come across your path. And you're, don't worry about spooking it. Cause it's, there's 90, 95% chance. Maybe it's going to happen anyway. Right. That you're going to spook that deer. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So then just, you're, you're going to learn more by, by bumping that deer, out of his bed and figuring that you're validating. Yes, he was there. I am on the right track. This is good Intel. Now I'm really fucking learning something versus mm, this looks like a spot where a deer might come through. And then and if it does, you think, well, then you don't know why that happened. Or maybe you think you did a great job and that's all good. Cause it's like luck plays a big part here. But you know, if one never comes by, then you're just not learning as much. So I think that aggressive approach of like trying to, to get closer to the deer and close that gap much like we talked about last week with Derek uh, and us uh, about like getting into that bedding sanctuary, that bedroom uh, and kind of working with more daylight on your side. If you can, yeah, is, is helpful. That's where spring, spring scouting, especially in a new area, even in an old area that maybe you've got some old Intel on, if you haven't revisited it, maybe it's time. And we did. I mean, I've walked a lot of that swamp that we walked, but I walked it years ago and Remember my comment, man, this has changed a lot back here. Yep. And our, our, uh, our DNR, our biologists are constantly trying to do more work when they get money, money in, they try to take and apply that cash to making that area better. Mm-hmm. Or maybe that area suffered, but an area 200 yards away, like the burn area, 300 yards away is all completely wiped clean. What are they doing there? Don't know. I walk in there. There's all sorts of new, new growth, native plants that should be in there and not, you know, 10 foot tall ragweed like there usually is. Yeah. Yeah. Things change. You got to get in there and see what's going on. So, so what has your experience been like learning from some of these greats and trying to apply some of that and like get to a new threshold of, of deer hunting? Yeah. So it's been awesome. So I kind of, there's so many guys with such good analogies, but um, I had LASIK like 10 years ago and I remember before you know, before that, when I was wearing glasses, every morning I'd wake up without my glasses on, I'd look at the alarm clock, I couldn't, you know, it was pretty blurry, I couldn't see it. And then the first time I had LASIK, I woke up and I could see clearly what time it was. And it kind of makes me think of that. I've, I've hunted my whole life, but now this finding kind of this, I know we kind of term it underground or, to, for me, it seems similar. I, I read that one of the blog posts that Derek wrote, but just the way you, people have seen on TV versus how you really need to get after it. If you're hunting similar property, like private, um, like free permission or public, but it's like, man, I've, I've done this my whole life. I've deer hunted a little bit kind of casually, but now I'm seeing it in a whole different, from a different lens. And everything was just like, I just rushed with, I just couldn't believe it. I'm just seeing deer could be in spots that, you know, everyone thought you just needed a fancy food plot and a big box blind and, that's what you needed if you wanted to kill big deer. And then I start finding these guys that are fine. You know, they're finding deer in the Horicon marsh. I was just looking at that. It looks pretty sweet, pretty huge, but <laughs> yeah, you know, big. places that maybe people write off a hey, public land, 
that's junk you know you know maybe if you don't have fancy land you you got to go hunt that but as i started watching these videos you know the hunting beasts have been a big influence for sure but watching videos and hearing guys talk on podcasts and going out as my practical application of that that conversation and finding beds and well like people talk about buck beds and it took me a while to actually figure out this is a buck bed and then i felt kind of dumb at first but just the more you do it just like everyone says it does definitely takes time but you can i think fast forward that and be when you're you know if you really are aggressive with it and try to scout a lot and listen to these guys and taking take good notes and maybe re, I, I re-listen to a lot of podcasts and keep going out and reevaluating these properties and it's just like a big puzzle a big puzzle i can't speak and uh you keep finding those little pieces of the puzzle and it's just blowing my mind my wife's sick of hearing me talk about it <laughs> they all are so yeah. that's like reading a book and and then like living your life for five ten years and then reading the book again you're seeing it through a totally different lens like this is a terrible example uh, i don't know why i talk about this kind of dumb crap but jurassic park number one was on our tv over the weekend and i was like i've never watched this as an adult i watch it as yeah, a kid you saw it and you kind of skimmed through the details didn't you you were just like <laughs> okay, yeah, we're watching this movie. Yeah. And then you go rewatch it. And the same thing with reading a book. You were kind of, you're hoping to get to the end of it. I mean, yep. not in a bad way, yep. but you were buzzing right through it. Mm-hmm. And now you're like, well, yeah, I know how it ends, but you're kind of taking more interest in little bits and pieces of it as it goes along. Yeah. Like I never knew that the big fat dude, like, was the saboteur of the whole damn thing. It just didn't even, I didn't even pick up on that as a child. Like, it didn't so, make sense. Yeah, the big fat dude's a big buck, <laughs> and he's evaded you how many times, and now you're seeing what the big fat dude does. Yeah. You know, he, he used that can of shaving cream to hide all that stuff in. Yeah. Use that to your advantage. That's funny. No, so, you know, stuff like that, like, reanalyzing properties with new information, like we use the Spartan Forge app. I think you use the Spartan Forge app. We've talked about this a little bit, but I now see properties through a different light as I've learned more information. And having those mentors, those folks that can teach you, the fact that you're reaching out to them and getting access and they're like holding your hand to some level, uh, maybe not like obviously not literally, but you know, to, to stand in a buck bed, you, you might not know. Like, oh, I've learned about buck beds. I've heard about buck beds. Maybe this is one, maybe it's not. But to be with someone that has that experience and exposure and knowledge to say like, yeah, no, you did it, man. This is a buck bed. Like, good job. You're picking it up. To get that affirmation is like a really big deal. So for me, having Greg and Derek at my beck and call, uh, literally calling them in the middle of hunting season, in the middle of a hunt, being like, this is where I am. (laughs) This is what I'm seeing. What do you guys think? I'm sending them pictures and they're like helping me. Same thing. Um, Maybe with some of the folks that you're talking to, you get sometimes you get a phone a friend. It's just yeah. the way it is. And like you're talking about, you know, you're talking with Rendell Eric a whole bunch. You know, you're probably texting him like, hey dude, what do you think of this? Or how does that go? And it's yeah. cool that he's giving you the time of the day and these other folks are too. That's that's awesome. Rendell's a good dude. I mean, not to say that Johnny isn't a good dude either, because Johnny, Johnny's not a good no, I'm just kidding. Johnny, Johnny, Johnny <laughs> he'll, I give him he'll, shit. He'll make it a point to you know, hit you back. He's got to come to Wisconsin and bring, bring me a bottle. Of something. Yeah. Um, he, he's a good dude too, but Rendell, like I noticed like everything that I, I've posted or whatever, he has always liked or commented or something, or he'll shoot me a message. Just there are guys out there that are successful that are willing to help people. And just, they like to see you succeed as much as they succeed. 
maybe even more so in some so it's cases. intrinsic that's mm-hmm. that's that it, and that's the attitude to have yeah that intrinsic value of like I, I have the same thing like i can help people not with hunting too much i think everyone has something to offer no but you got you got but, some skills that a lot of people i don't think appreciate enough well you know aside from if you need help with a podcast or something i'll <laughs> i love to talk to you you're a good dude too so <laughs> you know so yeah how has it been going then like are you able to apply these things and have that like what i'm talking about the affirmation of oh i am in the right area this is the right stuff it's hard to know that without the help yeah so i think a big part of it too coming to be a, a mentee and as we all get better in whatever it is your career or if it's your family life and someone's going to be a new father or whatever it is as a mentor you kind of can understand if someone's feels like they're in in like in it for a good reason and not just looking for handouts so i think that's part of it if you the way you're asking people questions, it's not just, hey, send me your pins and and everything. They If they see that you truly care about getting better at whatever it is, that makes a huge difference. And but yeah, like, so I've had a, two good springs of doing this aggressive spring scouting and covering a lot of miles. Um, and I, I mean, for example, there was, I found a, a pretty, a pretty dang big buck, like the biggest buck I've ever seen on camera and an oxbow. Um, so I hunt kind of, mix of egg, a lot of egg country. There's some river bottom. So a little bit of hill, not really hill country. They're pretty, nothing like I saw in, you know, Southeast Minnesota with Johnny or down in over in Pennsylvania. Um, and then some kind of some smaller swamps, but I found, a, I found this bed and I was just kind of curious how I'd skim that cat and where I could hunt. And Rendell was messaging me basically live on Instagram. Hey dude, and I, I learned this later, but that he talked about this, but he stuck a stick in the bed and put it. So he said, always carry an orange hat with you. Mm-hmm. And I put this orange hat on top of the stick at like, you know, whatever height about where the deer would lay. And then I walked all these exit trails and I was like, this is, this is so freaking fun, man. I'm like, just like, this is, I feel like, and he talks about it a lot too, just surgically removing a deer. And I'm walking these exit trails, figuring out there's a scrape that I had found. That's where I that's where I uh, had seen that buck on camera. And then he's just kind of giving me some little tips. Hey, what do the trees look like? Where you know how far he usually somewhat gets from the bed. And I mean, it really varies, but um, it's just kind of cool to have someone there, right, to show me or kind of talk me through his process, and then I can take that bits and pieces of that and apply it to my own style. So it's still yet to be seen if that deer is alive or not, but, um, I'm pretty, I'm just so pumped to go in there and, and sit on that tree that I even prepping trees. That's something totally new to me where I am, where I'm able to do that. Sure. But, but just thinking, Hey, this deer's, these deer are going to shift or all these things. It's just a constant lifelong learning cycle that I'm currently kind of just diving into. And it's, it's just, man, I just talk about it almost too much. Sometimes I can't keep stop relating things to, man, that, see that oak tree, like even just being there, like yesterday, I'm like up there looking, oh, there's acorns up there. Like, where, where are they? and then, oh, I guess that's a bur oak and the bur oaks fall under what a white oak is. And just trying to get some of those guys you listen to that know the kind of the flora and fauna and they, they just seem like the great white hunter that knows all oh, that, you know, this, this type of plant they're eating or I mean, acorns you... and stuff aren't that crazy complicated but it's still i've never been out there before looking at trees and which ones have acorns and pretty cool spartan forge i can put a big old acorn pin and put acorns on oak (laughs) like 
that kind of stuff. Just the little parts that might help me, um, you know, this season, depending on if they're dropping or whatever. So. What are you doing on your phone? Are you playing a game? Uh, no, I'm just putting acorns on trees on Spartan Forge. No, you're talking <laughs> yeah. to your friend. <laughs> yeah. Now, you get to learn, you know, what plants are and what deer like at certain times of year. I mean, that's another feather in your cap to, to keep learning. But that bed, that bed that you found, if it's a, a good bed and there's historic evidence there of other deer using it in the past, if that buck's not alive, there's another deer moving in there to take his place. Yeah, yeah mine too. Some big ones are killed. The vacuum gets created, and then another one's going to take that spot. You know, they they have their their territories that they're representing, right? And if they are, you know, taken off the of land, well, hey, guess what? We got vacancy. This this uh, bed's now available in this hotel. You can. You can uh, go ahead and rent this room. You know? right. yeah. yeah, there's just so much to that. Just how I'd grown up hunting, just kind of picking a tree and sitting next to it with my slug gun or sitting at a box blind. That was, that was a lot of fun. I shot a lot of spikes. I shot a lot of four pointers, little four corns. And, and that, that was a blast. Like I, if I shot one right now, I'd be, I'd still be pumped. I mean, a doe comes in, I'm, my heart's pounding still, even if I know I'm not going to shoot it, but it seems to be a natural progression to want to go towards that more mature deer. That's just, it's what's crazy to me in Minnesota, how the gun season is right during the middle of the rut. And there's that, those big bucks that survive that to me, it just, it blows my mind. If one gets to be three and a half years old and to have the opportunity to hunt that deer. And that's a, uh, I don't know. It's, it seems to be quite the challenge and I'm pretty excited. It's, to have a goal, constantly have a goal to work towards all year round, whether it's scouting or actually out there hunting for them. Yeah. I had a thought there. I was going to say, what was I going to say? Oh yeah. Spartan Forge. We had Bill on, uh, I don't know, one of the times. I don't know if that was the time he got drunk here, if that was a different time, but talk about how some bucks <laughs> based on the data, he's like some, some bucks don't even participate in the breeding season. So they're, they're off on some steep Ridge, just sitting there hanging out and they don't, they don't like move out of their little, bedroom really until second rut or something like that like they're not even you're never going to find them you know and that's interesting that they have that much tracking collar data that they can see like this deer didn't freaking move you know until this time i just think that's crazy that they have that much will to live that they've gotten so smart that they've realized that that's the way to live is to just hang low it's pretty cool yeah, yeah, Travis. That's, that's, Bill is, is the bomb. Bill is the bomb. He also probably has some bombs. So he probably does. Yeah, he knows where to drop them. <laughs> he probably does. He can hunt a terrace. He can hunt a deer. It's like you got ball, <laughs> you got wrench. I mean, really. It's like that's what it reminds me of. So yeah, putting this stuff into practice is probably a lot of fun. It it's, does something to the brain to like forge new territory and and like have new realizations. And you talk about like, it's still fun to shoot spikes and, and there's this natural progression. Look, we've called out before and Derek has called us out. We've called us out that everyone's at a different place in their hunting journey. Absolutely. And there's stages of a deer hunter that I think it's called out in like hunter safety. You know, it's, I don't remember what they are right now off the top of my head, but like some like shoot deer basically. Uh, what's the other ones, Greg? I'm not, I am drawing a blank, like trophy hunting, becoming like the end is like sportsmen where you, you care less what's coming by. You want to teach more people how to hunt. You want to photograph them or right. whatever. I'm surprised I mean, you don't have that plaque on the wall here. You put it right there. So when I'm looking this way, yep. I can just see it. I just did an article about it. So I, yeah, I don't know. I can't remember Flash things. In the fan. I can see it in my brain, but I can't, I can't get it to my tongue. But 
you know, it's, it's good to know that everyone is at a different place in their journey. And that's why I thought it'd be fun to talk to you because you're, you're not some expert, right? You, you, you're not putting down these giants on a regular basis yet, but it's cool to talk to you because you're in it right now. And a lot of hunters are, so it's good to find someone that you can relate to that's at the same place as you like an entrepreneurship. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, wow, every now and again, I talk to someone like, Oh, you're suffering too. Like this isn't easy. <laughs> you know, you're, you're kind of where I'm at. I thought you had all this money. Like, no, man, I don't fuck I'm doing. I'm like, Oh great. I don't either. This is let's talk more. It's good to talk to people that are in a similar spot as you. Yeah. You're taking the time to learn from really good people that want to help you. Yeah. I mean, it's a, uh... It's just been a pretty wild thing. And I, you know, it's interesting being new in anything. I was just telling Eric on the phone earlier today that I just, I mean, I just turned 30. So it's depends on the room you walk into. I'm an old guy in some rooms, or if you go to another one, like, oh, you're just a young buck, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I just started getting into lifting weights more. I've always been kind of a skinny guy. And the second the AI caught on to that, on, um, and Bill's probably part of that AI smart guy with that. But, you know, everything I see is just filling my feed with, you know, nutrition and lifting and it can be overwhelming. And it's the same thing Nutri with nutrition podcasts or information. Yeah. yeah. Everything. It's just, whether you're new into anything, it can be a pretty overwhelming to go into a shop and ask like pretty pointed questions about products or to go look up, try to find information on scouting and you could find any, anything really. So that's uh, what I try to do as best I can. Cause it, I mean, with social media, you can, tell as much or as little as you want about a deer that you harvested in the conditions you harvested it in, but just trying to find guys that consistently kill deer of the caliber I want to kill or whatever it is that you want to kill. And they do it in similar, similar conditions. I'd say like whether it's public or they're not just hunt. I'd, I would say just not hunting for me. It's not hunting like a private managed farm because that's going to be a much different style of hunting and, uh, that's a lot. That would be a lot of fun too, I think, but it's just nothing that's available to me. And I don't frankly think that's, that's the style I want to go towards, but there's certain guys. I just keep seeking out the more you listen to podcasts the more you see YouTube videos, you can kind of figure out over time what, if it falls into similar situation that you're in. Yeah. Just talk more to, to Spartan Forge's pro staff, like the most freaking dream team. It's hunters. biodiverse. I mean, it's got everybody from like us guys to Levi Morgan, mm -hmm. you know, a guy that can shoot the eyes out of a gnat at a hundred paces. <laughs> shoot the eyes out of a gnat. Do gnats have eyes? They must. Well, yeah, they got to see to fly. Oh my gosh. Those things are tiny. Yeah. But that's, you know, honestly though, that's the kind of thing where you, you, you pay attention to the, the space, right. And you start to see some of the same folks on what I would call a podcast circuit. It's like they get on one and next thing you know, they're on a whole bunch of them. And, and you know, different people can tease different things out of them because there's different cultures and podcasts and different personalities. And, you know, so maybe you'll get similar things, but you hear it differently. And it, sometimes it takes hearing something several times for it to actually sink in. How many times your parents have to tell you to do something before you're like, Oh, I guess I should finally listen to that. You know? Uh, and these guys are people you want to listen to. So it's totally different from that perspective, but suddenly it also that clicks because you heard it a different way or it, it applied here. Or, oh, I see it now. And then you realize they've been talking like this the whole time, but, that's because that's what they know. I don't know. I, I think it's great. It's it's fun that you can pick up on who those folks are and try to learn from them. And like the Vitals Live does a good job of that too. Um, the Vitals Live is is uh, run by uh, 
Bow Hunter Chronicles and, and Latitude, uh, Alex Chop and Adam Miller, I think co kind of put that together and they get people in like a Zoom chat room or like a Zoom meeting. Mm-hmm. Probably hell, you got to pay to get in there. But then it's like super granular information. It's called the vital cuts for a reason because then eventually they, they extract the, the vital clips or cuts of information that those like John Eberhardt or Andy May or whoever's on that thing for that week are talking about very specific tactics. Um, super dense way to learn. And it's not, it's not a podcast. It's just like a, it's like a webinar, you know, super educational. There's enough places to extract information from, but like you'd said, you got to get those boots on the ground and start to apply it and reassess and reevaluate based on those learnings and reapply things. I remember the first time I ever kind of talked to Infault and went down that rabbit hole of, the beast mode stuff. I remember one particular hunt where I the hunting beast, not beast mode. Oh, my bad. I, said, <laughs> well, I did go beast mode with hunting beast. I'll just a lot of beasts out there. Uh, but I, I remember I got to this, this wood edge and it, it just stopped on a peninsula. And then I was standing in a, like facing a wall of cattails and it was wet and swampy. And I thought, you know what? To hell with it. I'm going in. And I did. And I probably didn't even need to go that way. I probably could have just skirted the edge of the wood line the whole way through. But there was like a mental threshold that I crossed in doing that. And then I got to an area that I had never been in before. And I'd never seen so many rubs, beds, deer hair, poop, all of it. And it was right along a river, you know, basin and by oxbows. And I was like, holy shit, I've never seen this kind of sign before. And like suddenly the light bulbs were going off like fireworks. It was crazy. And I felt different. I was like, wow, I did something. You know, I tried, I learned something new, like for myself and in person, I tried to finally apply some of this stuff. And it was, it was pretty eye opening. It was really cool. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely something different than I think most of us probably started off doing, unless you had these people as your close friends or, or you both kind of learned at the same time, but it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I take I take a lot of screenshots of, I mean, those buck bedding videos. I've taken some screenshots of different. I like how they draw on there and talk about, hey, this is kind of a potential setup. Not not, and I think it's important not to take anything as gold. And I know I listened to a podcast uh, that Joe Rentmeister did, and he's a big hunting beast guy. But he says, yeah, I don't take everything that Dan says as as gospel. Know, as, as gospel. Yeah. And he goes and kind of figures out little different ways. He does it, what works for him. And you're going to find it. You know, yeah. And, and you'll probably mix it up a little bit with all these different resources you have and turn it into your, and Johnny always says, I, it cracks me up because I visualize it, but he said, Hey, I started off with this little, this little toolbox that I had. And then now I've got this big old service truck with all these different tricks and different tools I can use. And you're just kind of building it into that. Well, Bill said Joe is with uh, Spartan Forge now. He is. That's a winning combination. Yeah, Joe. Bill, you Joe's should call him, Bill. Bill knows the number. He probably got it programmed in. The, the yeah, well, come on, program. William. <laughs> come on, William. You know, the, the other thing that we talked about earlier today before, obviously, we're on the show is just making it your own, though, too. You don't need to do what everyone else is doing because that's what works for them. There's enough tactical things going on once you understand how deer behave 
what the vegetation is or the stem count is we're like learning right uh from last week's episode and, and the wind and how to separate yourself from other hunters and so forth and and use all these things and orchestrate them to how you do things you know i have a cousin that uh listens to the show and he's i, I don't know whatever he he's killed a lot of really big deer at very close range with uh, with a uh, trad bow. I mean, most of the deer he's gotten are within five to ten yards, like eight yards from the ground. Uh, very aggressive hunting style and tactic. You'll never find him. He's not on social media. He is a freaking killer. But he has taken me out a, a few different times, um, even last season. And I'm learning things from him that I was like, oh, my gosh. And he's like, well, look, man, I hunt this way because I'm just too freaking bored to sit still. He's like, I just can't sit there. So this is what works for me. I've made it work for me because I refuse to sit in a stand and sit there and wait. I'd rather just go find the deer and then go kill him. I'm like, you make it sound like Happy Gilmore. Why don't you just make it in one putt or one shot? You know, not not everyone has that in them to do. But you but, ask him how many times did he screw up before he finally tons. put an arrow in a good yep, one, you know, yep. and then even after he put an arrow in a good one, he still had some screwing up to do. Yep. We do it every day in life. Mm-hmm. It's part of the deal. Part of the deal. It's good stuff. What's Bill saying here? I'm listening. I'll stop in on my way to Nodak for opener. Right now, an engineering call. Damn it. <laughs> Always working over there. Hey, but he can't wait to see us. Yeah, Thanks, that's Bill. important. No, I don't. Bill, at some point, he's got to see the studio that he basically built. So, yeah, and the and the and the bourbon is flowing. I'm not, this is bourbon, <laughs> baby. <laughs> Drop time spirits. Yeah. Uh, no. So, by the way, folks, if you want to call in, feel free. The phone lines are open. We'll take calls. If you have anything to share that relates to you or speaks to you, or you have anything to chat about or whatever questions and so forth, uh, you know, feel free. The number is two six two seven five seven forty one twenty two. I'm happy to field your call. I know we got listeners on TikTok. We got listeners on, I think, Twitter and YouTube and Facebook. So we're we're all over the place everywhere except for Instagram. They still have not done anything to get an API. I hate to say through. it. I've met a lot will. of good people through that platform, but yeah. Instagram really blows goats for dollars. <laughs> and they ain't paying dollars either. <laughs> Blow goats for dollars. What did you say at the beginning of the show with the whiskers? What the hell are you talking about? A whisker on a biscuit? Or he said a hair on a biscuit. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. You got to risk it to get the biscuit, Greg. Meg did that this morning. <laughs> Meg. Meg. His dog's name is Meg, and every time I hear him say Meg, it makes me think of Meg from Family Guy when they, they go. <laughs> Greg, uh, were you going to talk about those new topo lines that... And lidar. I I haven't. I don't hunt an area where those topo lines meet a sh- make a shit bit of difference. <laughs> I hate to say that. What about the Northwoods, you fucker? No, I haven't been looking at the Northwoods. I already walked through most of the Northwoods area that we're planning on hunting this. Good. Maybe you should come out west with me to the yeah. to the Prairie du Chien. Yeah, uh, I, I still like the Northwoods, man. I know I should, but you definitely should. You should mix it up. You could mix it up. You could do like an alternating year. Kind of thing. There's plenty of big bucks out that way, and lots of unique terrain for you to navigate with your beard. The beard will show me the way. You have to go out to, to the hills a little more. So, like the the big thing that was the ten to twenty five foot contour lines. Mm-hmm. So those, hill, those hill country guys are going to be pumped. And then lidar. That was something that uh, that oh, Shane thanks, and, Greg. And, Greg, or, uh, and Garrett put <laughs> me on when we were hunting turkeys. Was finding some of these trails these old logging cuts and roads in the hills that you could kind of navigate in the dark. And so I've been using this, it's a Minnesota app. I think the university of Minnesota put out for LIDAR. Um, but I, I know Walt. So Walt, uh, 
Chasing Tails podcast talked about using it in the swamps of Florida, but I've used it a little bit to find these um, these little rises out in the middle of these swamps and then go put some boots on and walk out there and see what you find. But We do have a caller live. Uh, Incoming. Hunting near the Adirondack Mountains. Hey, who do we got online? You're live on the show. Hey, guys. Uh, my name is Calder. And I am from upstate New York. I'm situated right between Lake Ontario and Adirondack Mountains, basically. Cool. Yeah, you have a. Yeah. You're in a very terrain rich area. Yeah, good timing on your call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Thanks. Yeah. So here I'm where I am situated, basically. Um, you leave the east side of Lake Ontario, you go. Um, gain elevation up the Pine Hill Plateau about 2,000 feet below sea level, and then it drops down to a Black River Valley, and then straight from there to the Adirondack Mountains. Um, I've just been listening. I've been, uh, I got into hunting when I was about 16 years old. My uncle got me into hunting. I didn't have any uh, family other than that that got me into it. No brothers or sisters or dads um, hunt or anything like that. So. I've just been kind of exploring different avenues and trying to figure stuff out a little bit on my own. Um, love the resources. I love the Spokane country the whole time. Um, yeah, I uh, I was listening a little bit earlier about what I was saying about how Minnesota's done run straight through the rut it does here in New York as well. There's not too many big bucks around um, other than, you know, few and far between in the Adirondack Mountains. But, um, yeah, I just been soaking up the guys' content and uh, just um, had a question kind of about, you know, how do you guys do it when you're out there by yourself? I, uh, like I said, I don't have too many people to go hunting with, um, so most of the time I'm out by myself, but I'm trying to get in the woods, you know, before daylight and get out before dark just because it's a big country and being out there alone is a little bit sketchy, but... Yeah, just for you guys' uh, tips and tactics a little bit for hunting alone in you know bigger country. Just in general, um, bring a compass, bring a lighter. Like those are things. If I'm going, when I used to hunt the Northwoods of Wisconsin, it's pretty vast, as Greg can attest to. He's been oh, on yeah. the, the Shawanigan Nicolay National Forest. I don't know how many acres it is. I could probably Google it really well, quick. Well, there's multiple sections of it spread out all over the place, but it's. It's big. But you could turn around in there and you could find yourself in some pretty deep trouble pretty quick, especially with the cold temps. Like we've hunted with my dad. It was like negative 15 one year and, and you're, you get cold. It's not, it can be pretty grueling. So at least having a compass when tech, and we didn't have technology back then. It was like walkie talkies, you know, smartphones. Right. Um, not that a smartphone would work there anyways, but um, downloading offload offline maps. Yeah. That would be a big one too. Because if you're trying to run an app, like, you know, any of the mapping apps, they're going to suck a lot of battery out of your phone. If you're in and out of service a lot. The other thing I can tell you, which is really handy to get, you can find find something on, you know, Amazon or whatever, but they make a lithium-ion battery pack that you can... Just packs right yeah, on the back of your phone. Yeah, you can get one that packs on the back of your phone. You can get a bigger okay. one that'll, you know, charge multiple phones. But if you're in an area like that where you're kind of relying on your phone, you need your phone uh, for mapping and you're not downloading off, uh, offline maps, that pack is really a lifesaver. Tell someone, you know, back home headlamp. where you yeah, headlamp, tell someone back home where you're hunting. You know, if you yeah. have an iPhone, there's, you can share with your location with a friend or something like that. You know, just things like that. Safety precautions. 
But if you're trying to talk to us about how to kill big deer or something like that, you probably want to listen to the Hal Blood guys, uh, you know, the the Big Woods Bucks, or you know, talk to to Johnny Stewart out in PA and Bo Martonic, and a lot of honestly Spartan Spartan Forge's pro guys are are going to be, you know, great and they're reachable. resources. They're they're to, honestly reachable. Don't hesitate. Like that's kind of what we're talking to Evan about here is like these guys are willing to help you reach out to them through social media media platforms. They'll answer you. It may take them a few days. Like I know Bo's a busy guy. Um, Johnny, Johnny's pretty, pretty running a business, you know, but yeah. But, yeah. And Bill too, if he's, if he's accessible. Yeah. Reach out to those guys. I mean, they're hunting. Yeah. More yeah that's terrain. awesome. That's awesome. I, I really appreciate it. Like I haven't, uh, like I said, I don't have too many people around. I got a couple of cousins here and there that I can go with sometimes, but you know, sure. we have families and so. Uh, figuring out times that we can, you know, get out in the woods. There's a couple of people that's kind of difficult, but I appreciate you guys uh, and all you guys, you know, being willing to help and being willing to talk to, you know, people that are a little bit more nervous and something. Definitely I'm not in the uh, big buck hunter category. I'm definitely in the old past hunter category. Um, <laughs> last year, last year I got uh, my first big hunter, which was, uh, you know, exciting for me before that. It's always been, you know, and I, boy, I'd say that buck probably only was honestly two, maybe two and a half years old. They just don't live very long around here. I got a lot of egg country um, right here where I'm at in between these uh, big terrain features. And like I said, the gun season is long, goes right through the rut. And so, you know, I, uh, I was listening to your podcast the other day with um, Megan postal was there i yeah. think yeah she's out in your neck and room, uh yeah yeah so i was excited kind of to hear her you know and i have uh tried that still hunting tactic a little bit up here and stuff but i don't know if i have the patience to move slow enough for it um but well that's an example of not everything's gonna work for everybody you know like and it takes time yeah like you you'll learn to be patient you'll botch a few things or and you'll realize that hey i need to slow down I can't, I can't move like I'm sprinting for track. I have to move at a turtle's pace. Yeah. Yeah. I would, um, one other thing I wanted to mention to you guys too, that I do think something is a very, uh, kind of a sleeper state. Um, I don't, you know, I think that there's a lot of opportunities out here. Like she was talking about the black bears on the cameras and stuff. And, you know, I think it's every year that I buy my big game pegs, big bears, black bear tags out every single year um and i hardly fill them i don't see any bears where i'm at but there's uh, definitely a lot of opportunities up here i feel like it's utilized area um, kind of a sleeper area but i would love to you know if you guys are ever in the uh in the area or wanting to venture out and come to new york state you know i'd love to trying to accommodate any way I can and try to maybe link up with you guys. And, That's awesome. No, you know, we'll, do we'll, a little bit of hunting. But, we'll, uh, we'll teach you more of what not to do. Yeah, it's fun to... <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know which <laughs> podcast you're listening to. How did you come across our podcast? I always like to ask folks, like, how did you hear about us? Yeah, absolutely. So, like I said, I've just been kind of looking through for some resources. You know, information um, is gold as far as I'm concerned because yeah. I'm, you know, every little bit that I can learn is something I'm going to soak up. I believe I heard you guys possibly, I think it was on the hunting public podcast, maybe. Um, yeah, I just, um, I just kind of came across you guys. And the first time I heard you guys podcast, I mean, the monster, the 
as cliche that that hit home to me because I don't, you know, I'm not the most experienced guy. I don't shoot the biggest bucks, but I find it, you know, very relaxing to be out in nature and out in the woods, just be out in the woods and, you know, spend some time out there alone and quiet, you know, just trying to, trying to accomplish the goal of uh, putting meat in the freezer for my family. That's, that's the reason that I hunt. And, uh, like I said, the racks and stuff, that's not really my goal. I'm just trying to fill the freezers. But, um, yeah, I really enjoyed listening to you guys in your podcast. A couple days and just soaking up the information. And, yeah, I uh, like I said, if you guys ever wanted to reach out or if you're ever in the area or planning, you know, kind of thinking about New York State, this is a great area. There's tons of terrain. Um, I've got hundreds of thousands of acres of public land within a half an hour of my house here um, in the Adirondack Mountains and up on the Tug Hill Plateau also. So it's a really good opportunity, and, you know, I'd love to share it with some people if they um, ever wanted to get out this way. But no, That's awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you guys, yeah, I'll let you guys go, but I just wanted to let you know I appreciate it. And, uh, Feel free to reach out to me on social media or something like that. I think if you're ever even contemplating coming up in the area, and I can share some maps and stuff with you guys, and kind of where I'm located, or maybe go from there. But yeah, have a good rest of your night, and I uh, appreciate your time. Yeah, have Thank a good you. one. Thanks, Calder. So uh, I did. He's off the line, but I did want to call out that. Uh, it says Facebook user in the comments. It means it's coming through our shooter buck club when it happens. So I'm, I'm suspecting that maybe this is John Stelflu or one of his buddies, but it says, he said, uh, check out the hunt in common, which is something we've had on our podcast. Yes. Uh, I don't know, a month ago or something. And, uh, they have a New York chapter. So maybe you can meet some folks that could help you out that way too. So, yeah, it's um, good to have like-minded folks with you. And, and even if hooking up with guys from the hunt in common, that, that would be very beneficial to you. And, you kind of build a, a safety net and it is good to have a couple people know the, you know, the general area where you're hunting. It's good to take people with scouting, you know? Yep. Yeah. Just well, for a safety I, aspect. I, I know they talked about a little bit that the blue force tracker that's supposed to be coming. Um, I know Bill could talk on that a little more with the, yeah, as far as getting offline or everything, that's a big military thing, blue force tracker and, as long as you trust the guys that uh, they're not that you're sharing with, they're not going to steal your spot. You know, it's funny you talked about like you know you reach out to people and you're asking for advice and tips and mentorship and if there's guys that actually do just say, "Can you share your pin?" That's like the equivalent of a dude sending a dick pic to a chick rather than asking her out for a nice dinner or something. Like <laughs> you can't just you can't just go right to the dick pic and ask for the pins, okay? And not to say that you even ever should. By the way, I'm not even saying that. First of all, A, don't start there. B, never even get there to begin with. Like, that's that's some sacred shit. You can't just get people's pins, you know? I think uh, I think part of it, too, even if you did get a pin from somebody, it's like anything you do. If, if you were to ask any successful person or, or anybody, really, with their career or whatever it is, and you ask, what's the best part of what, what it is you did or you reached this pinnacle, yeah, they, you they say the journey. An easy way what's the easy way to get to where you're at nothing there there's nothing like, literally nothing in nothing, life nothing 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 easy yeah nothing, nothing good Fucking nothing put good in the comes work. easy yeah if it was good and it came easy everybody'd be doing it yeah well the good thing and is like enjoy, you gotta enjoy the journey you know and, and it, like mm -hmm. those pins were dropped after a lot of generally some work and lots of so that's, lots that's of, what all this is about it's just the, enjoying sweat, the journey you know, stinging metal. 
Well, yeah. Rendell, you're, you're live on the show. We've been talking a lot of trash about you, man. I hope you're here to defend yourself. Yeah, too tall to deer hunt. <laughs> yeah, man, for sure. What's up, Rendell? <laughs> did Greg text you? Did he, say to, did he say to tune in? I saw him texting someone. No, I didn't. I didn't text. Yeah. I didn't message Rendell. Maybe it was uh, somebody hit me up on Instagram Messenger telling me to call. That was me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pretty sneaky like that. No, thanks for calling in. What kind of so what what have you been teaching this uh, this young uh, what what are they call in Star Wars? Padawan. Jedi. Young Jedi. Is a Jedi? What do they call Penwan? You become a Jedi if you. <laughs> If you, if you aggressively scout on butt beds. <laughs> May the Schwartz be with you. <laughs> That's awesome. So so when random, and say when random when random dudes message you on Instagram, you really do reply and, and you help them out. That's pretty great of you. Yeah, man. I tried to help people out. I never had a I never had a mentor or anything like that. Um I pretty much just learned from my own experiences and making a lot of mistakes and listening to guys on, you know, any way I could DVDs, uh, YouTube, any way I can, but I never had like guys kind of that I could bounce ideas off of or ask questions to. So I like, I don't know. I'm a teacher in real life too. So I feel like I just like giving that, uh, that option to guys. I think it helps your learning curve a ton it'll cut out a lot of frustration. I just want people to be successful and know that there's a different style of doing things. So I like to help out when I can. That's cool. It's a good way to be, man. Derek's a teacher too. What grade are you teaching? I do uh sped and behaviors. Awesome. That's a tough one. Yeah, it is for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Derek's just teaching a bunch of stoners how to draw. I think he's, he's an, an art, he's teacher. An art teacher, right? He's yeah. an art teacher. Art <laughs> oh and my god! Art and photography. They're but... probably just copying. Uh, here, trace a shed antler today, or, uh, <laughs> or that'd be awesome. Uh, Derek, Derek puts his spin on everything he can. Trust us. <laughs> That's pretty cool. No, That's and awesome. I don't know, uh, Evan. Like, so what? I don't know. Again, like you reach out to him. Can you mentor me? Can you help me have these questions and so forth? Like what, what are some of the things that, that, uh, Rendell has taught you or that you've gotten out of like chatting with him more frequently or. Yeah. So the, the first time I heard of Rendell, I, I was listening to Garrett Prowl, the DIY sportsman podcast. And he was just talking about, I, I just remember it. He was talking about this, an oxbow. And that's where I, I came into it. He was talking about that a little bit and how he ended up killing a buck. And it just, there's certain people that talk about their situation and Rendell and then Andy Bay are the two for sure. Main two that seem to hunt a lot of similar t- terrain. And yeah, so I, I try to remember what I, I could go back and see, but I listened to that podcast and then and there's another one. He talked about oxbows and he, um, Garrett had asked him the question I asked Garrett about oxbows to see if, if he had any experience with it because I found this big buck that I, it gets me all excited. And I think I was just kind of asking him about his, his style and, and everything and just kind of small talk. And then next thing you know, he's messaging me like, dude, put this stick in this bed. And I'm like plowing through the, through this grass. We always call it snake grass, but this like that green, I should learn the term, Greg, then we can be great white hunters together someday, but it's probably the, generic uh, 
grass, canary just, or marsh grass. There's usually some roosters hiding in them if you're in the right place. But sure there there's is. this big old buck bed in there, and then he's like put this orange hat on there, and and I was walking these exits, and and yeah, just it was it's just been awesome him telling me kind of his take on things, but then also kind of making it clear like, hey, this this is my opinion. This this is what's worked for me, and you know it might be a little different, but. Uh, we've been talking a lot about some farm country stuff because I've been finding some deer in places that I don't think many people think deer live. And that's why I, I do understand when people say there's not any big bucks, potentially not many big bucks, but not fully because there's some of these guys that just find them. There may not be as many, but if they scout enough, I think these guys find them, that there's going to be, you know, one of those bucks that makes it through. And if you, I mean, it might not be there, but I think, uh, it's pretty wild that if you find this kind of underground way of doing it and a different way of doing it, you can find a lot more deer and then potential success if you keep at it. Yeah. I like that whole put an orange hat on a stick at deer height idea. I mean, what, what so you can get a sense for like how well, they'd be seeing I mean, you or what? Here's the thing. You Help can go, you yeah. can go and sit or lay down in a, in a buck bed, right? Are you going to have head height? Correct. Probably not, but you're going to see what that deer can see. But you're seeing it from that point of view. You don't know distances or any of that. But if you go and put an orange hat on a stick, you know, a couple feet off the ground, then you walk the perimeter. You walk some of those trails. You can see where that, where you can see that orange hat. There's a good chance that a buck can see out to where you're at. So it's kind of like the blind spot in the semi mirror. Exactly. Like if I can, if you can't see me, I can't see you. Right. Exactly. And then you yeah, that's correct. Hold your hand out the window. Honk honk. Yeah, so I found this scrape, and oh, also Rendell got me on. Uh, I I didn't this little tree. There's a, a like a rub on this tree, and it was a, but there's a scrape there, but not a good looking branch. So I couldn't get my stick early, my sticks on this little tree without probably breaking it. So I carried a freaking ladder out there, and like a mile and a half out there, and then uh, I was able to put some paracord between the two trees, and then put a licking branch over it and i got a camera on there but i haven't gotten a lot of pictures yet but we're you know they should hopefully shift in there but he's like hey can you see the orange hat still i'm like yeah he's like all right go back another 10 yards i'm like okay can you see the orange hat and i was like no i can't he's like is there a good tree there and i was like yeah and then i was just so pumped and I, so i had two sticks up he talks a lot about you don't necessarily need to be 30 feet high and that that's nope. depends on the situation i think but uh yeah, I go up two sticks. I, and that seemed to be a good, a good strategy. And so now I've got a kind of a plan for that spot. And it was just cool to bounce that idea off of instead of sitting there staring at trees for an hour guessing and and uh, at least getting some idea from somebody that's got experience and has had success with with that style of hunting. Yeah, and Randall, while we have you on the line, because I feel bad that now I said, "Hey, did you call in?" and you didn't. You're just kind of hanging out here, but. Uh, one of the one of the comments that just came in, um, which I believe it's Tony, said, "Can you describe what an oxbow is for us newer folks? Why don't you take a stab at that?" Yeah, so an oxbow is like uh it's kind of like a. If you're familiar with hill country, it's like a point, but it's surrounded by water, so it'll have water on three sides. So it's not quite an island because it'll be connected to land on one of the sides and then that gives the a buck security because a lot of predators don't come through the water so if they have water on three sides and then they can have the wind coming down 
the inlet kind of th- where it hooks to the land, they'll have the wind coming straight down from the land, and then they got the water on three sides. And then it makes them feel super safe. And they're usually bedded kind of out on the tip because it narrows down, so there's not a lot of room for anything to sneak up on them if it tries to. And they'll lay the other way, too, where the wind's coming down it across over their back and they can watch anything that comes from the mainland they can watch it come down into the oxbow so they usually lay on that on the two winds or just off wind they're usually not there on a crosswind because it doesn't set up for them to be safe so they'll move to a different oxbow or they'll go to hill country bedding or whatever's around in the terrain just depends on what terrain you're in a lot to unpack there talking about crosswinds and stuff. We so we'll have to get you scheduled on a podcast. We'll dive into some more of these things. So uh, you know, to to the question, I believe Tony, uh, like a river peninsula. Yeah, like a yeah, river peninsula. A river peninsula. And I've yeah. seen words I don't know if it's canary grass or whatever, just the grassy areas I've seen uh bucks and I mean that was a big thing for me last year. I tried that out. I I literally like hiked down a river and use that as my in inroad. Uh, which covered a lot of yeah. my scent, a lot of my sound. I, w- I moved very slow because I didn't move slow in the beginning. I kicked up a doe and I was like, oh, they're laying in the oxbows. <laughs> like this could actually work. I thought I was going to shoot a deer right from the river. Um, but I did validate that that is definitely a thing. And I, I validated that a couple of years back uh, on a property where I, I'd seen three bucks, one big guy chasing away a couple others. And it was right along this oxbow and this river bottom. Um, and there were eight trucks parked on the on the road and I saw zero hunters and, and three nice, well, two nice bucks, one small one and all, all in that area. So it certainly is an area that you can focus on. Um, you know, that, and that begs the question of like, maybe you talk to Parker McDonald and you start getting into bringing your kayak and your canoe and, and all that stuff. You know, there's a lot of different ways to, like you said, um, Evan is a slice, slice a cat. Is that what you skin a cat? Yeah. Slice yeah, a many cat. Ways to skin yeah. a cat. Slice a cat. <laughs> I'm going to cut you to the cat. Yeah. I'm just going <laughs> to, <laughs> so you're talking about or someone asked about consistency with how they leave the oxbows and from what i've read a lot and i've seen a little bit of it's just like the oxbow i'm talking about it the peninsula goes out and it's facing to the to the east so a, a west northwest wind which is more right. predominant in minnesota blowing down and it seems like if i have a northwest wind and it's kind of blowing down to this more south end of it it seems that they would stay on that the furthest downwind so they got the water on you know they're closest to the water with the wind coming down the ox water is their exit plan they'll jump into the water and and skedaddle across the river they can use their eyes to see anything in the water and and a clear path through the water so wind's always to their back yeah Yeah, they're they're crafty animals you know they really use their resources and their senses in a way that we can't possibly imagine um but we can sure try to pick it apart a lot and talk about it on every podcast in the hunting industry, you know, for years on end, really, this has been going on forever, you know, so there's no, no shortage of, of knowledge to soak up and you just got to get yourself out there and put, put this up to practice and see what's going to work for you. And some days you might just get lucky too, you know, like, yeah, I think there was, I had a screenshot, enough. I don't know if you can see it, but there was a, the hunting public had put like a, there's, you might not even be able to see it with the lighting, but there it is. Show oh. that yep. an oxbow like that. Unfortunately, they're using Onyx, which is a B in my book. But it's okay; yeah. they don't sponsor. Which I don't give a shit. <laughs> but yeah, just kind of. There's some. There's definitely some resources out there if you get that idea sparked in your head and um, 
do some Google or YouTube. And I know Dan talks about it in some of the hunting beast stuff, or if you go on the hunting beast forum, there's a whole river bottom uh, section that guys talk about. There's just more resources to use. Cool. What were you going to say, Randall? Do you have something yeah, else? Yeah. I was going to say that, uh, like there's a lot of nuances, like the devil's in the details and a lot of these setups, because not all oxbows are going to be created the same. I actually like, the really hard river bend turns where there's multiple oxbows in a row because mm-hmm. then on different winds, different winds they can shift around. And usually if there's no cover on the oxbow, they're not going to be there. I mean, you got to know when you do your scouting boots on the ground, you're like, all right, because sometimes there'll be enhancers. There might be some oak trees on that oxbow, which is going to enhance it. Or they, like you said, the canary grass, but, once you get a little later into the season, that canary grass kind of dies down and lays down and they kind of move off of that. So I kind of look for ones that have trees or like oaks or stuff. So I know they'll be on there a little bit longer into the season, but if not, you know, you need to jump on them right out of the gate. And those little bit of narrow ones I like because it kind of bottlenecks the movement because if they come off of that oxbow to the mainland, you know, it pinches, um, way down so you can cover it a little bit better because if you pick a really wide one it's harder to cover it when you're bow hunting because they can come out kind of anywhere and it's harder to shift your wind and stuff so i like the tighter bottlenecks coming to mainland maybe food because i've living in iowa there could be food right across the river and they just drop off the front of the oxbow and go on the private you don't have a chance so you got to look how it kind of sets up so I'd rather have the food on the mainland side and then have it a tight pinch where they'll come right out to go up to the food. And there's usually like a community scrape or one big scrape right where that oxbow meets the mainland. And there'll be a trail that runs up and down the river there that they use kind of in rut. So I, and I'll try to hunt that scrape if I can, because it, you can, manipulate that a little bit better for your wind and thermals because you can dump your thermals right down into the water and you don't have to worry about that as much the yeah. tactics are deep here guys yeah i mean water <laughs> water is a natural draw for yeah. thermals anyway so that that's very helpful Interesting. that's a great explanation thank you yeah no Randall. thanks for calling in dude we do have another caller behind you so we'll reach out to get you scheduled on on your own you can have your own whole podcast to talk with us on stuff but i'm really happy that you called in man thanks yeah, for I'm doing looking that forward to that I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, just let me know anytime. Sounds good, bud. You have a great night. Thanks, Randall. See you, Randall. You too. You're welcome. Are you uh, are you good on time over there, Evan? I got all time, baby. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I'm my wife's <laughs> yelling. I'm talking about too much deer. Let's keep going. Let's all right, go. we're going to bring yeah. in uh, our other caller, uh, Joel. You're live on the OK Center podcast. What is up? Hey, how's it going, man? It's good. I know that voice. No, oh, I know that voice. Long oh, time yeah. Here. It's How been a doing? while there. <laughs> I haven't got online for probably a good coon's age or two. Yeah, so. just a few. We know Joel well. Joel <laughs> yeah. has been uh, talked about on this podcast probably at least every other episode. He is a, a good buddy of mine for forever, and we hunt every year together. So uh, if it's not during bow season, we always sync up during gun. But Joel, what's up, man? You got questions for our guests or stories, or what do you got going on? I 
I do. Uh, the hunting the rivers and the oxbows is near and dear to me. I it's kind of the only thing I get to do nowadays because I don't uh, obviously don't have private land to sit on and all that good stuff. So I was wondering, does uh, you hunt strictly from the land on the oxbows, or did you ever have you ever come in from like the waterways and tried to like sneak down river on them and canoes and kayaks? Yeah, that so that's going to be my uh, last year with the in Minnesota. Anyways, we had a big drought, so. I was able, I hunted it once, but this is before I really broke down this oxbow this spring. So I wasn't quite in the right spot, uh, at least what I think right now. But I walked the river and then just popped up the bank. And I've heard a lot of guys are able to do that when that wind coming from the from the land, popping your scent down and with the thermals dropping at night right down in the river. So you could even maybe get away with another sit. Um, I suppose that's a little, just depends on the situation. But yeah, I, I plan on this year, if it's high enough, I'll take a kayak down there um, or I'll just walk the river if it's low enough, which I, was the case last year. But it's, it seems that we'll have enough water. I can float a kayak down and then I'll I'll pop up to that just up the bank. And that's my axis right there. Yeah. Yeah. Joel, someone in the comments just asked the same exact question. Uh, Travis Lee said, have you ever hunted on the ground or next to the bank? Uh, or actually in the water, so water thermals are pulling your scent into the creek if the creek is very small. Um, I have. I've, I've hunted right on that, and I didn't even know if that was a good decision or not. Just, I found a spot on the bank, and I was like, well, this is comfortable, and I'm not seeing anything, and I don't know what else is going on. And so I was just enjoying watching the current and a beautiful fall day, honestly. And then I heard this crashing and banging, and I thought, great, here, you know, here comes a hunter, and uh, you know, is this freaking monster chasing away this spike. And I was like, holy shit, I, could, I literally couldn't believe my eyes. I couldn't believe I was witnessing what was happening. Um, I don't even know where they came from. And then he proceeded to you know, run off another deer. So short of lobbing an arrow across the river, that's about what I was thinking to do. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like they had no idea it was there. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's um, what's sweet about the saddle setup being so minimalist kind of is that I heard plenty of guys talk about this too, but if you've prepped a tree, that's cool. And if But if not or it does just for some reason, your instincts telling you not to like you have that saddle on your, you know, strapped around you in your pack. And then you go up there and you can hunt from the ground. If you want to, some guys will just, just literally put the saddle just enough where they're sitting off the ground, but they're basically ground level, or you can climb a tree or there's just so much versatility with it that you just kind of follow your, your killer instincts and, and see what happens. Yeah. But I don't have those. <laughs> you never know. Confidence, baby. You, what do they say? I'm if you believe confident. it, you can achieve wrong. it. Uh, you just got to keep trying. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I got to, I listened to a uh, lone duck outfitters. He's a dog trainer and he always says baby. He's like, so I get that stuck in my head from listening to him and my old uh, basketball coach. Like, Eric, baby, just get confident. You'll be fine, baby. Let's go. <laughs> and Joel, yeah, you, you, you're the reason I went and I'm going down this river uh, last season. You like just walked down the river, dude. I was like, oh, yeah, exactly. oh, I didn't think of that. <laughs> that was uh, a river that I uh, I came in there and I was scouting and you know looking around and I, I came across a you know, what I thought was a really nice eight pointer and I kind of came around the bend. I was in my waders, like you know chest deep in waders, just just inching along, kind of my tippy toes, just so the water didn't overflow into my waders and make You're me an anchor. Me. And I saw a big eight pointer and I kind of tried to sneak up on it. You know, so focused on that eight pointer on my right hand side, I didn't realize that there was a big ten pointer just to my left, about thirty yards, watching me the whole way. 
And by the time I realized that he just jumped up and ran off. And then ever since then, I've been going down to the very same oxbow to try and get that 10 pointer or eight pointer, whichever one would give me meat. And lo and behold, I, every time I went down there, they would kick out of the same spot. So I went down there with uh, a buddy, a Matt of mine that I used to work with and he was duck honey. So I brought, you know, the bow and we got down to the oxbow and I said, I'm going to go sneak around. I snuck into the woods about a couple hundred yards beforehand. And I just went in and just, you know, pretty much came in from the backside and I just said, go ahead and duck hunt that corner. And sure enough, he duck hunted that corner and he pushed them deer right to me. Cause it's just, there is no possible way to get into there unless we had to do like a mini drive. It was a one man deer drive and it worked out. I got a, I had a shot at a six pointer, but a four pointer just stood right in front of me. So I just took that because eight yards away is much better than shooting through brush and 30 yards at a, at a bigger deer. So take what you can get and never pass. Right. That's right. Never yeah. pass. Backstraps. Uh, backstraps, man. Backstraps are pretty big on that buck. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's fun the stuff. Follow the deer, the easier it is to drag. Yeah, and <laughs> if it's go. a little fork like that, you still got a handle to pull it from. It's great. <laughs> it's awesome, man. Yeah, that way it doesn't dig into your calves with the big giant antlers. You know, that's why I go for the little ones. You know. Well, I know Joel. You and I took a canoe down a river, and uh, we jumped. A, I don't know if you caught a glimpse of how many points it was, but it was a very large deer. And you had even said, "Yeah, be really quiet <laughs> as we go around these bends here." And uh, of course, I probably like my bow slipped and dropped, or I clanked the oar on the side of the canoe or something. But this deer stood up and looked at us, and I was like, "Oh, get the bow!" And then you know, it was gone. And I was like, "Shit!" And but there he was in this in this oxbow. And uh, I I suspect he it was like later in the season he was he was pressured heavily on this on this public property and pushed way back to the river where no one else was going to get to because they had to cross a big marsh to get there, and. Yeah, yeah, if you're going to go down those areas, you got to be real quiet. Story. <laughs> because if I remember right, it was you were saying that we should pull up here and sneak in. And I was like, well, I think it, you can't hunt here. I think you got to go down to the next bend. And I was kind of fighting you a little bit. And I'll turn around talking to you. And that's when we spooked it up. So that was 100% me that day. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was it. We had our we had our, our phone apps out. And we're like dissecting the property lines. Like, I think we can yeah. go here. No, we got to go here. We can put in here. We can go there. But it's like it was like this tiny sliver of yeah. public. Uh, along this river and like well whatever let's just go as far as we can and see what happens and then that happened yeah oh man but that's just yeah, it like we were using onyx we didn't know any better no that was before spartan <laughs> forges that was before i have a new bill our spartan forges what three four years yeah. ago or something yeah yeah anyway you know we again guys we could talk about this all night um so to answer that question that just came through do you pay much attention to Oxbow's come november i don't i think we were in there like late october because it was before gun but it was snowing so it's later in the season for sure. Yeah, I mean, if you're a November hunter looking for rut, uh, you're looking for does, and if does are on that oxbow because it holds food and good cover, or it's in close proximity to food with good cover, yeah, it's probably worth hunting. Yep. Yeah, especially like that one was pressured back to that back end of the property. Yep. But then he scooted into the private, and that was the end of it. And there was like very, very prominent loud signage of like, do not cross this border blah 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 probably because he had enough people yeah who's going into his property mm -hmm. so we're like we're not, not touching with a 10-foot pole nope stay away but yeah joe thanks for calling i got buddy. one more question yeah, for you if you got time go for it. yeah go for it so evan do you ever hunt do you hunt that obviously prior to gun season or do you ever do like a later season or do the rivers ever freeze up good enough where you can walk on the ice would that give you better avenues of approach on those 
Yeah, you know, yeah so you, you definitely can hunt it. I, oh. I do a lot more late season hunting just because it's easier to scout with the snow and there's, you know, I got more time then, but just yeah, curious so, what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, so I I had a camera on it and I had a picture. So I shot a deer um, November 1st, my first buck with a bow getting into this whole underground type of hunting or the anyways the two and a half year old nice buck i was pumped about it and then i went out and scouted some more before the gun season and that's when i found the scrape and i had this picture of this big buck on it and then the last picture i got of this big buck was the opening day of minnesota gun season at 5 45 in the morning never again and he may have i think he just maybe got pushed out of there with how big he was he's pretty smart but i i did glass it on the other side across the river it's just a tall bank. I don't even know how tall it is. Um, and the, the cover, like kind of Rendell spoke on, it's the cover, that canary grass kind of knocked down. It's There's a little bit of cover on like a small isolated part of it. And uh, there was a doe group on there still. So, but I never had a picture, at least at that, just at that scrape that was later, but it's going to be something I'll probably monitor if I get it a chance here later season. And it, it could be a spot if that cover and, and if there's still food, but there's just not a lot of, lot of food on there after the oaks have dropped and everything from what i can tell anyways but that's a good question joel i'm glad you finally got a tuesday to hang out with us yeah it's uh i got on a little late so <laughs> but <laughs> the kids had to get a bath and all that and now they're watching my little pony so i'm good for a little bit <laughs> <laughs> that's great well yeah the next one we do if you're around uh we'll get you let's have you drive over here yeah you're, you're right down the road you come hang out in the studio yeah. get your headset and all that jazz got lots of yeah, I'll bring some whiskey. exactly <laughs> there you go see now you're getting the, you're getting the drift you're getting the drift list glenn <laughs> yeah. cool man well i'll drop you off and then we're gonna we're gonna bring this plane in for landing because uh at some point i gotta put my kids to bed here all right sounds good man thanks see you buddy see you, joel Hey, Joel. Look at you, man, bringing in callers. Yeah. Who is this guy? <laughs> man. Just some random guy with too much time to, to scout. Turns out everyone just wants to talk deer with you. You are Take right. advantage of it because once you start having kids, if you decide to have kids or something else goes on in life, it could change in a heartbeat. Do you kids want to go to Uncle Greg's for the weekend? I'm going <laughs> That's what I should do. I should make Greg watch my kids while I go. Don't hunting. worry. I'll uh, I'll feed them Snickers bars and Mountain Dews and send them home. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. You're gonna feed them venison. Mm. Here, you have some venison sticks. They're jalapeno cheddar, but uh, yeah, I'll put some hair on your chest. Yeah, that's fine. They wash down nice with a Mountain Dew and uh, Snickers bar for a, a little dessert after. There you go. You know what? Those hair on the biscuit. <laughs> little hair on the biscuit. Yeah, We're full circle now, guys. <laughs> Add that one to your arsenal. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Funny. Well, yeah, dude. Uh, how do people find you on Instagram so they can message you a whole bunch as you uh, continue yeah. to like get that killer instinct fine tuned? We're totally gonna blow you up now. Um, e masters e m a s t e r s zero seven. I think there's an underscore. I got that boring. Uh, apparently my name's too standard. I can't just have the Evan Masters or anything. But yeah, e masters underscore zero seven. Um, birthdays in July. That's where the zero seven comes from. I think that's what I was thinking. So it's not a seven and seven or something or like some big, uh, double oh seven. Double yeah, seven. Not necessarily. That's funny. 
Yeah, just uh, I I've, I created this Instagram just for my hunting and some pictures and stuff because I just like Greg had kind of both of you guys have talked about just the people you can meet and the and the stuff you can find and I just love seeing different stuff on there. Sometimes mindlessly going through reels and seeing cool stuff. I'll give you enough reels to mindlessly go through. We promise. I put yep. one together from uh, what was that movie from a long time ago? Tom Cruise. What the heck was that movie? I just did. I just did it last night. I put it out there. Jerry Maguire. That's it. Yeah. You had me. Hey, listen. Whole... <laughs> hey, listen uh, I, I quit. That one got me pretty good. Oh, yeah. Then, <laughs> hey, no, it's all... uh, I quit. I'm shampoo. I'm conditioner. Oh, that's that one got me going again too. I might <laughs> go watch that again. You want ridiculous content? We got it. Yeah. Well, who knows what my brain will think up of next? I have no clue. I just surf and like, there's an idea, or like, I'll something will be on TV. I'm like, gotta go grab that, or you know, it, it just it's coming from all over the place. But I've once I turn it on, I can't turn it off. I'll sit there on my phone and I'll just go ham. I'll make like 20 pieces at once, fill the hopper, and then I'll dole it out, and then I'll be another month before I touch it again. But it's fun. And then Tyler does it too. He's got he's got the bug also, so you see his face on there also. Everyone's like, who's Tyler? Tyler's the co-founder. He's the other guy yeah. that literally like runs the business. <laughs> who's Tyler? The guy that is always on your reels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you get a when you order your uh, hat or stickers from us or, or that's the koozie, guy. he's packaging it and spraying it with dirt scent. So as long as he's you not being on, you're fine. I can I can't speak for what he does with that. No. Dirt scent. That's, <laughs> that's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, don't piss him off. He'll piss you off. <laughs> literally. <laughs> Does that smell like pee to you? <laughs> oh, man. Well, thanks for hanging out with us. I'm going to end live broadcast. If you want to hang out for a minute, Evan, uh, we'll, we'll debrief and, and chit-chat. But uh, other than that, folks, thanks for tuning in. This will be in podcast land later tonight. We'll see you. See you guys.